in order to attract a great person into your life, you have to be the person that you really want to attract. Right. And then the, our successful clients all share the same thing as like once they kind of, that clicks in and they realize me first, then looking for, all of a sudden, all the guys that weren't there in the Silicon, they start coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Right. Definitely. All of a sudden, it goes from nothing to this abundance of God. Welcome to the Love Strategies Podcast, where we help successful women attract high-value men, date with a strategy, and improve their relationships. Now, whether you're single or dating or in a new relationship, we're here to help you dive into the male mind and provide raw insights found nowhere else, backed by science, psychology, and our own personal experiences. Your hosts today are myself, Adam LaDolce, professional dating coach and founder of Love Strategies, and Dr. Gary Lewandowski, a relationship scientist, professor, and our head relationship coach here at Love Strategies. Please share with a friend and enjoy. All right, Gary, today we're going to be talking about the number one way to find the perfect man. It's really funny that we named it the perfect man because we both were just talking about how that's kind of a laughable concept, <laughs> finding the perfect person. So maybe we should start there. What do you, what do you think? Is there a perfect partner? Um, the very, very long answer to that is no. No, no. <laughs> there's just not. There's no such thing as perfect. And you know, perfection is one of those things. If you want to make that your goal, like an aspirational thing to like always be working toward, fine. If you think it actually exists, disappointment. Definitely. I mean, I if you and the easy way to just debunk this is think about every human being you've ever had in your entire life. Your best friend, your siblings, your parents, your friends, whoever it is, everyone, and I mean everyone, has some type of fundamental flaw. And if you don't see it, like you're not looking hard enough. Everyone, including yourself, by the way. So this idea, and it wasn't until I started really thinking about that in other relationships in my life where I was I was finally able to really accept that in, in my partner in, and myself, honestly, the fact that I'm very imperfect in relationships. So I think that's an important place to start. I don't know if this is a clickbaity headline or not, but it's all about finding the right partner for you uh, that can really lead to a lifelong committed fulfilling relationship so why don't yeah, you tee us is, up gary th this is something i talk a, a lot about um it's actually one of the chapters in my book it's like this perfection trap and if you really think there's an absolutely perfect person out there you're wrong and you're going to be disappointed but and so it's really about finding the most perfect person for you and so in that search for finding the most even if you're looking for the most perfect person for you there, there's something that like in, in that search for Mr. Right, there's something that people just fundamentally get wrong. And that's what we're really going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, and so this idea comes from two recent clients um, that I had talked to on one of our mastermind um, sessions. And I wanna, I'm going to kind of set them both up and they're going to sound like they have two separate problems, but I'm going I'm to kind of give you the give you the lead now, which is they both have the same problem. And okay. so- I wonder if I can guess who these clients are. Well, I'm going to listen in because I don't know which stories these are. So I'm excited. I'm going to give, story, I'm going to give fake names too. So that way. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so Nancy. Nancy, she's been meeting all these great guys. But every she's going on lots of dates, a lot of first meetups. Things are going okay. She's having fun. Right. But she feels the whole time that as she meets each of these guys – it's okay, but it's not great. It's not the fulfilling long-term relationship that she's looking for. And in her own words, she's like, it's all okay, but it's not. And she says that she's like, it's not a real relationship. 
And so she's just wondering like what the problem is. Okay, right. so that that's the first one. When she says they're not real relationships, as in like the guys don't want it, or she doesn't want it, or it's just not quite clicking. I just it's, it's just clear. not quite clicking. Like it, it's it's like enough for a good time now, but it's clearly not that next level type of relationship. Got it. That's so she Nancy really is stuck in mediocre kind of not going anywhere relationships. Got yeah, it. and she yeah, and she's just kind of like treading water. And here, to her credit, though, she knows it, right? I mean that, and that's huge, right? Yeah. Um, all right, so the next client, Sydney. Sydney's amazing. Like she's she's like a high power, high flying, well, like super successful. I think she's got three or four degrees. She's super articulate, well spoken, just sharp, like sharp, 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 and like just like like type A, just like fant- lives in a major city, like a, a major city, tech city. And I say tech city to point out that tech cities, you know what they have a lot of guys, men. Men. And not only any guy, kind of guy, like high value guys, like guys that have jobs, good jobs, um, a little bit on the more intellectual side, those guys, right? If, if, if you're going to kind of paint with a broad brush. Oh, yeah. Um, Sydney, guess what her problem is? Tell me. She says she can't find any guys. There are no guys. Ooh. Right? I hear that every day of my life. Yep. She literally lives, and I don't, I'm not even going to give this city, but it's like one of the biggest tech cities in the United States, and she swears there are no guys. Is that okay. one of those like cities where this happens a lot of masterminds? People are like, there are no good guys in the city. And then I will pull up the statistics on Zoom in front of all the clients and show exactly how many men exist yeah. in the city and break down the numbers. Is that it's one of those yeah. types of cities where I'm going to just like do a total call out? Yeah. And it's, uh, if you, I mean, it doesn't, it's a bit, it's California, Silicon Valley <laughs> cities. Okay. So you've just given a city basically. Got exactly. it. Exactly. There's a lot okay. of people in that city and her name's not Sydney anyway, but anyway, yeah. it's, she's wrong. Like she's, yeah. just, she's, she's okay. But so what I say, this is one of the things I say in my relationship courses and talks all the time is what's really going on in your relationship matters much less than what you think is going on perception always more important than, than reality. And so city's perception is that there are no guys. And essentially right. she keeps coming back to this idea that no one is good. enough. Like no mm-hmm. one, there's no guys, but there's really like, there's no guys that are kind of crossing her threshold for, you know, being good. at. Sure. And so, um, Nancy, lots of guys, just, they're not kind of, you know, good enough, good enough. And, and, um, Sydney can't find any guys. They both had the same issue, right? They're both confused. They're both frustrated. They both feel like things are missing. Things are incomplete. They don't know why they're failing. Yeah. And as much as it sounds like two separate issues where, you know, one's kind of got lots of guys and one swears there are no guys, they actually have the same exact problem. Throw it at me, Gary. Hit me okay. with it. I'm ready for it. So it's it's a mindset thing. And so we talked a lot about like strategy starts with mindset and how you're thinking about the world. Because I just said a second ago, perception matters more than what's actually going on. And so mindset's all about perception. And like you think a certain thing, you're going to see the world a certain way. And so here's the thing, that, and this is going to sound dumb at first, but I promise it, it's, it's actually really, really smart. Relationship success isn't about finding the right person. So many people make this mistake. They make their whole relationship story about, I got to find Mr. Right. I got to find the right person. I got to find the right person. I got to find... He's out there. He's out there. And it's just a matter of like, you think they got to find him. 
and that's wrong. You have to be the right person to find the right person. Yeah. And it's like, like, in order to attract a great person into your life, you have to be the person that you really want to attract. Right. And then the, our successful clients all share the same thing as a, once they kind of, that clicks in and they realize me first, then looking for all of a sudden, all the guys that weren't there in the Silicon, they start coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Right. Definitely. All of a sudden, it goes from nothing to this abundance of guys. Because, and so this whole idea and, of being the right person, super important. So one of the things you say all the time, who's the common denominator of all the relationships? You. We are. Yeah. Right? And so you're the foundation. Everything starts with you. And so even if you did find the right guy, if you're not actually ready, that relationship's probably not going to work. It's going to fail. Absolutely. Hey there, ladies. As you can see, we're just getting this podcast off the ground. And since we don't run any ads, I only have one quick favor to ask in return. Can you just take a quick second right now, pause this episode and just leave us a review wherever it is that you're listening to the podcast. Really help us out a lot. And it really does spread the love. And uh, I think the world needs a little bit more of that. So I appreciate you. Now let's get back to the show. It's the way I like to describe this to some of our clients who we have a lot of clients who are like business owners or in the corporate world. And I talk about it in a way that I think relates to a lot of people, which is it's marketing versus product development. Okay. So if you're in the business world, marketing is all about spreading the message, getting yourself out there and making sure that you get a lot of eyeballs and product development is making the product so good that it's irresistible. Here's the problem. If you market a bad product and the product's not ready yet, the whole company is going to flop because people are going to, yeah, you get some eyeballs, people are going to buy it. Then everyone's going to, you know, hear about it and the product is going to go to a big fat zero. Whereas if you have a great product, it actually kind of markets itself and people are going to hear about it. And you actually don't even need to do that much marketing. It's kind of crazy. Same thing relates to your love life. When you focus on yourself, a great product, great mindset, you focus on your energy, you focus on having incredible passions and hobbies and interests, you focus on building your social circle, having a good social network, you focus on your mental health as well as your physical health, your sleep, you focus on having interesting things to talk about, reading. I mean, there's so much that goes into the product itself and so many people fall into this trap of not focusing on the product and only focusing on the mark, the marketing as if there's this one magical place in Narnia where all these men finally <laughs> magically exist and they will be the perfect man for you. And if you just knew that one place, oh my God, that would solve all your relationship challenges. And it just doesn't exist. The reality is we need to look inward and it's kind of tough love, but it's very important advice and something I had to do myself in order to get over my own hump. Look in the mirror and start focusing on the product rather than the marketing. Yeah, when you're focusing on the guy all the time and finding the right partner, it's like giving them too much credit and too much say over your future, right? Mm. It's, it's so much nicer to be able to kind of take control, take ownership, stop being the victim, stop letting other people decide your relationship fate, get your own self together, and then start building from there. I mean, that that's a solid foundation. It's going to be a much better place to build your relationship future from. Yeah, I mean, it's the most empowering way of actually attracting love because it really says right. men 
are actually irrelevant for this part of the conversation. <laughs> like yeah. The other people kind of don't matter at this point. I'm going to focus on me and do me. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be social and meet people and go on dates and all that stuff. But it's so much more about focusing on what you can bring to the table and being your best self and playing your best game, like bringing your best energy and everything you got to every interaction. That's what matters. Yeah. And that is totally within your control. Can we control if the guy flakes on you? No. Can we control if you're getting a couple weird messages on online dating that are kind of creeping you out? A little bit, but not really. Um, but what we can control is your mindset when those negative things happen, how you respond to those things, and your general outlook on love. I can tell very quickly with a client when they join, if they're saying, Adam, there are no good guys in my city because I live in San Francisco or wherever the city exactly was that this woman lives in, she says, oh, there's no good man in San Francisco, impossible. And even if we start rationally going through that, she still says, no way, it doesn't exist, I need to move. I know we got a long road ahead of us. Whereas I've had some clients who've joined who live in Alaska, Alaska. And I, I can think of one specific client, I don't know if you were around for her, uh, Gary, but she found an incredible guy in this like super remote area of Alaska because she's like, he's out there. I know he's going to come. And, and she focused on herself, bringing her best energy, leaned into the little love steps, everything we teach. And bam, there it is. So um, it's annoying advice to receive, but I think it can be the most powerful advice as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of getting back to Nancy and Sydney, one of the things, you know, we talk about mindset and, you know, kind of this shift that you need to undertake. Uh, Nancy has been with us for a little bit longer. Um, she's she's been through the program um, for a couple of months, and so one of the things that she came to realize through that process was um, her attachment style. Like she she said in in the call, she's like, I realize I'm I tend to be avoidant and fearful in my attachment, and so she realized, and this all came from her that she's like, I think part of the problem I'm having. Now remember, she's finding guys and is just not getting to that next level. And so what she realized and kind of self reflecting. And taking some of the things that she learned and applying it to herself was that, you know, she was looking for partners that had avoidant tendencies too. Like, so these mm. are like, like she's looking for guys, like she realized she was picking and identifying guys to go out with that like were a little standoffish, had a lot of emotional walls, were kind of keeping her at a distance. She purposefully herself said she didn't talk about anything emotional on dates because she just didn't want to kind of gain that kind of emotional intimacy with people. She had the hard shell. Yeah. She had the hard shell. She was not allowing people to come through. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the last thing that she realized about her, the same pattern was that she was engaging in physical intimacy as a, as a stand-in for the emotional intimacy. Mm. Because when you're engaging in physical intimacy in a relationship, you can feel very much like you're in a relationship, a real relationship, without actually being very connected to the other person at all. Yeah. Right? You're almost going through the motion. Right, right. And to, to her credit, to Nancy's credit, she realized all this herself. And then she's like, she had this aha experience, realized that she had this mindset pattern issue. And then she's like, now I know what I need to do and, and is starting to move forward and starting to pick better guys. Yeah, I mean, just being aware of your patterns is really the first step to anything, is really taking a hard I feel like so much of what we do is cracking through the narrative that we tell ourselves. Like 
in anything in life, but especially with dating and love, we have such a strong ego. I feel like I've been talking about this a lot lately on the podcast. So stop me if I've, I'm repeating myself, but like we have this ego that protects ourselves that says, it's not me, it's them. I'm the victim. They are the problem. And until we can kind of switch that narrative and say, and it doesn't have to be, I'm all the problem. It just says that I can take ownership of this problem. Yeah, right. sure. Are some guys jerks out there? Yes. Uh, is my city maybe not as ideal as other cities? Sure, maybe, but I can't move. So whatever. Once we start taking ownership, then it's incredibly empowering. And that's what I feel like Nancy was doing throughout this process is just taking ownership of this, like her attachment style. Attachment theory is a lot of what we talk about in Love Accelerator with, with all of our clients. And once you understand your attachment style, you can take ownership of it a bit. It's not something you can uh, it, it really comes from your relationship with your parents. So it's something that you want to become aware of. And then it's something that you can actually start working on actively to, to see what your patterns are. So you don't fall into that same trap. And, um, that's so much of what we do is just making sure we're changing that narrative. What is that story that you're telling yourself when you're getting out there and finding love? Is it a story that says I'm totally empowered? I can do, I am the creator of my own universe of my own world, or is it, you know, all guys are the problem. I can't find love. It's never going to happen. Yeah. And I think just to kind of piggyback on what you were saying about ownership, taking ownership is really important. Um, it's not all your fault, right? But it's also not all their fault either. I mean, the, the thing that I, I say a lot when I talk about this is that relationships are like a car crash in the sense that when, when you get into a car accident and the insurance adjuster comes out, it's never 100% one person's fault. <laughs> Even if like, you were just like kind of doing your own thing and you made a left turn and someone T-bone, like it's still like at least 10, like the adjuster comes out and is like 10% on you, 90% on them. And it's like, that's true. Like, you know, even if like you are with the world's worst person and you've had the world's worst relationship history and it's just miserable, miserable. And it sounds like, oh, these guys are the worst. You're picking them. Yeah. Right. You chose so them. It's fault. Yeah. And even if he ended up being a sociopath, narcissistic piece of shit, all right, and just treated you terribly, excuse my cursing, Boop. once you discover that and we decide to stay in it, that is by definition of cho a choice. Now, are there many emotional reasons why you may have stayed and, and so on and so forth, maybe due to your upbringing and your lack of confidence and all this? Yeah, of course. But at the core of it, Unless you were held hostage physically, you had a choice. And until we actually acknowledge that, that choice, then we'll always be held hostage to all of the external circumstances that are stopping us from finding the right type yeah. of person. Yeah, and 100, 100%. And I think so that actually, this idea of choice kind of segues really nicely into Sydney's kind of mindset shift or so far lack there, she's new in the program. Like, I think when she was telling me about there's no guys uh, where she's at, I, I think she had just been in the program a week. Um, yeah. And so essentially Sydney's issue is that it's not that there's actually no guys, there are guys. She's created a super strict set of criteria that guys have to kind of pass through this gauntlet, this checkbox gauntlet of criteria to even like kind of be considered. Yeah. And so what this is allowing Sydney to do is to avoid intimacy. Okay. Without blaming herself, it is not her fault. 
So she's controlling and she's kind of like, she's taking ownership over the process and saying like, these guys must be A, B, C, D, like all the way through Z. So there's ownership there in a way, but it's like what she's not realizing is this is also another way to be avoided. Whereas Nancy realized her avoidant tendencies, Sydney also has these tendencies, but is they're manifesting themselves slightly differently in the sense that these overly strict criteria keep guys at a distance, keep people away, which is that's classic avoidance, but it seems like you're trying really hard. Yeah. Like it's well-intentioned, but it, it it's not well-implemented. Well, and it's also just you're going to have friends and family who are, and advice online that says, oh, Sydney, don't settle. Never settle. You have your standards. Never settle. And I agree with a huge nuance. Never settle on the things that are going to lead you to long-term success in relationships, such as how a man treats you, how much energy he brings to the relationship, how affectionate he is, and how well you two really vibe with each other. Do you have a friendship and compatibility? Those things do not settle on. Other things you are naturally always going to settle for, like his height, his appearance, how funny he is. Okay. He's, he might be funny on the first date. Trust me. Those jokes get old. All right. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. There's always going to be something that we're settling for. And so we need to be aware of and it's not even settling. It's just like, it's awareness of how humans really work. Like, yeah. No are, wait, are you, are you saying, are you saying there's no such thing as an actual perfect guy? Other than me? No, there's no other <laughs> perfect guy out there. No, I'm just kidding. Get Jess, I'm going to get Jessica somewhere. on this. And she'll be like, oh my God, let me tell you all Adam's deep flaws. So that would be a fun yeah. podcast. We get our wives on here and tell, tell the world how flawed we are. Oh God, no, no! Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want that recorded for posterity. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Hey, you, you get get me get me uh, an old fashioned and um, a cigar, <laughs> and I'll just kind of sit back and just try to hold it together. It sounds fine. the roast of Adam. <laughs> the roast. Jessica like doesn't hold back. She's just not the type. She's the type who just says it how it is. <sighs> and I know, God, that would be a scary podcast. But so so the answer, I, I, yeah. what I think is interesting about all that, right, is like, so both of our wives would have plenty to complain about because we're not yeah. perfect, right? They might have wanted a perfect, perfect person. They didn't get it. They got, but they got close. Now, are they settling? I don't think either of them would say that they settled, but because they didn't, like you said, settle on the important things, but some of like the more minor issues you just compromise. Like you accept imperfections because like we started at the top of this with like, you're not perfect. Your partner's not going to be perfect, but it's like, you have to like compromise it and work together. Um, and expecting demanding perfection though. It sounds a little noble. Like it sounds like I'm high. Like I look, that's me. It's really just a way of being avoided. It, it, it's keeping people away from, it. um, yeah. and so those are all like mindset shifts that I think people, need to make to really like actually find the the person that's best for them, the most compatible. And so there's also some like actionable things you can do that you need to implement to kind of get you further down that path of kind of being the right person to find the right person. And so um, I at least talk about this in the program that I do with Relationship Synergy as being relationship ready. And so when you're ready for a relationship, you've kind of taken care of yourself and you really know yourself well. And that comes out of a lot of research that I've done 
on this idea of self-concept clarity. Self-concept clarity is basically self-understanding. It's like, how well do you know who you are as a person? How mm. clear and consistent are you about who you are as a person? Mm. Like, so does your view of Adam change from, we're recording this on a Tuesday. How do you view, how you view Adam on a Tuesday? Is it different Tuesday to Sunday? Probably not. Mm. Is it different from this Tuesday? Well, it depends if it's a Sunday fun day. If it's a Sunday fun day, then I look at myself as much cooler and much more interesting than I am on a Monday for sure. But lacking that, no, it's the same. Right. But like fundamentally, like you, you're somebody who I perceive as having really high self-concept. Like you know who you are, you're confident, you're clear about, and it's just kind of like this attitude of like, you don't like who I am and how I am. They're like, okay, that's fine, but I'm not going to change and modify myself for this. And yeah. what the research shows, and so my own research that I've done and, and published is like, this is a really good quality for relationships. Having a partner who has high self-concept clarity, you have better relationships. Relationship quality is better, more passionate love, more closeness, uh, more commitment, more satisfaction, all this great stuff because there's something about being clear and confident about who you are that makes it just easier to deal with the other person. You're not, you know, my wife is clear and confident about who she is. Like, I don't have to worry on a day-to-day basis what I'm getting from her. She's the same person. She's been the same person relatively for 20 plus years. Yeah. Growth along the way for sure. But like fundamentally at her core, like she's not like constantly wondering like, who am I? Like, what am I doing? Like, it's just, and that's really helpful for long-term fulfilling relationships. Which is why I think it's really hard to get married when you're 20 or 21. Because who a male's a man's brain i'm pretty sure men's brains take a little bit longer to develop than female brains but i think it's yeah. not until we're about 25 that our brains are generally developed at least yep. our frontal lobe and all that stuff like we're just nuts we're just not all there <laughs> and i remember myself at that age just oh every day i'd ask myself who am i what am i going to be and every year i'd be a completely different human being probably wasn't told honestly i met jessica like 29 mm-hmm. and i was like okay i kind of got it together and this is something that Maureen, who's one of our coaches at Love Strategies, was talking about, about dating in your 50s and 60s. The best part about dating in your later years is you know exactly who you are. Your self-concept clarity is very high because it's it's very unusual to be 62 and then suddenly sell your house and go live, you know, go from a city person to going living on a farm and like raising cattle. Yeah, some people do that, but it's very unusual. So it's it's much more consistency. Yeah. And so a lot of the consistency, you know, consistency and confidence go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and it also goes hand in hand with being genuine and authentic. And so mm-hmm. what happens in your 40s, 50s, beyond, it's like, and someone asks, if someone were asking me now, like I'm in my mid 40s, Gary, what, what, what are your good qualities? What are your bad qualities? I have lists for both. If you asked me that in my 20s, I'd have a, some good qualities, but I would, I'd be like, bad qualities. I might even, I might know what they are, but I would never tell you because I'd be so intimidated and just so insecure about it that it's something that you gain with greater self-concept clarity, maturity to some degree, but it's, it's just this like genuine authenticity. It's like, I can be certain about who I am and unapologetically who I am. It's just like this, what you see is what you get. And so it just allows for a much clearer compromise system between partners when you're both approaching things that way. Yeah. And there's definitely like how this relates to finding the perfect partner, I think, is when you are actually getting out there and dating, 
you can be your true genuine self when you know who the heck you are. Like I I think of myself when I was going on a date when I was 23 and she'd be like, tell me about yourself. I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. You know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I'm doing this like weird dating thing. I'm also doing this. I'm, I'm like, one day I'm happy. One day I'm like, lose my mind. You know, it's all over. And if I went on a date now, you know, I've been married for a while and in a relationship for nine years. I don't know. That'd be kind of weird. But if I were on a date now, I feel like I would just, the, this is who you get. This is, I know, I, I, I know what you're in for. You don't yeah. know what you're in for yet, but I know what you're right. in for because I know myself. So yeah. And it's probably I'd not be curious change. for everyone to just like as an action. I'm sorry, sorry, Gary. I mean, well, talk over, but like as an action item, maybe pause this and really think through: okay. is this even possible, Gary? You you know the research on this. Think through your level of self concept clarity. I mean, where are you on the spectrum one through one through ten? Do you ever kind of think about that? You know who you really are and how consistent you really are, Gary. Is there anything that they can do specifically right now, like pausing this to make that happen? Yeah, I mean, so we actually we have it available in our in our program, but there's also a free version of this. It's, it's actually an article I wrote, um, 36 questions to better know yourself. That if you Google 36 questions to better know yourself, it sh- you should find it. And it's it's exactly what it sounds like, but it's like this series of several sets of questions that you kind of work through on a database. And it's like a lot of things just kind of force you to take a look at like how you're approaching yourself. There's a section about like how you approach work. There's a section about just kind of like, what do you like? What do you dislike? And who are you? And who do you want to like? It's a lot of those questions that like you think that you should probably ask yourself, but you never actually sit down to actually contemplate. And so it those 36 questions, maybe do one a day, like you're gonna put yourself on a you're gonna learn some things al- along that along that journey. Um so the other the other piece that is important in all this, of course, because we're talking about relationships and, and finding the perfect partner is you only have to learn about yourself, but and we always think about that as like, who am I as a person? But it's also, who am I as a relationship partner? And one of the things you saw in, in our description of, of the client, Nancy, she knew. She figured out her attachment style. She figured out what was wrong. And so all, once she had that piece locked in, her path, much clearer to success. And so one of the things that we really want to encourage in terms of an actionable thing, um, in terms of being the right person to find the right person is, Start spending some time identifying your patterns. What are what have your past relationships been like? Yeah. What kind of people are you typically drawn to? What kind of people? Um, what what's good about that? What's what's not so good about that? Um, what are your fears? Right. What are your relationship based fears? Like for example, um, there's recent research that shows fear of being single is one of the worst things you can have because it leads us to accept bad behaviors from our partners. Yeah. Like that bad form of settling, like if you're worried about being single, you're more likely to like really settle for an awful partner, which is problematic, right? Um, yeah. You know, we, we've talked a lot about attachment already. Um, and then, you know, one of the other things that you really want to get a handle on in terms of your relationship and understanding yourself is what are your expectations? What are your deal breakers? Like what are like those bedrock must haves? I will not do without these things in in your relationship going forward because all that stuff's going to help. Yeah, yeah, really doing that thinking and and making sure you have a game plan for yourself and a strategy is is such an important part of this. And I would say just on the single uh, the the idea of the fear of being single piece, um, 
I say this a lot to clients because we're responsible for just as many breakups, I think, as we are marriages and long-lasting relationships. And I think that's a very good thing, by the way. And I'll say this. I say this a lot in that, especially for those clients who go through the little love steps, they go through little love step one, two, three, four, five, they find themselves all the way in little love step six. And then they're like, hmm, I found something. I discovered something. This is not right for me. They're a couple months in. I say, the beautiful part about learning the little love steps is being single is no longer scary because you now have the strategy. You go back to little love step one. Great. That's a wonderful, it's a beautiful thing. It's when what creates anxiety in yourself is when you don't feel like you have any type of game plan. It's like, if I'm back to being single, Oh, I don't even know what to do. Do I download a dating app? Do I like, oh, what do I, oh, what do I do? What am I going to do during the week? Like I won't have anyone there, like all these things. And then it's like, suddenly if you have a strategy, it's like, cool, great. I go to little love step one, focus on radiating my feminine energy. Then I go to my creating my love vision. Then I get to little love step three. Before you know it, you just, you build momentum again. So I think just having that strategy is such an important part of all this stuff so that you don't live and die by that fear. Yeah, everything's easier when you have more knowledge. And and that's the thing that you get from learning about relationships is like being single again isn't isn't that intimidating because now, you know, once you're single, you have so much more experience, so much more knowledge, and you can do it better. And so, you know, either find love or or you learn, right? Um and so, you know, I, I think one of the things is, you know, being the right person, you want to ask the right questions. And so the question most people who don't know any better, the thing that they ask themselves about relationships is what am I looking for in a partner or a relationship? Right. I mean, that, that, that's like kind of how everybody approaches this. Yeah. Like Adam, like what's, what's the better, like what should people be asked? What type of partner am I ready for? That's the ultimate question to be asking. What am I really ready for, for who I am right now? Yeah. Right. Because ready, if you really know yourself, you're now ready for a much better quality of partner. Yeah. Because if you meet this guy who's all, he's perfect, like he as perfect as he can be and he's all put together, he's high self-conscious clarity, knows himself, confident, all these great things. If you haven't actually done all that work yourself, you're not ready for him. Yeah. And that relationship might start off okay, but it's, it's just not gonna have that longevity that you're looking for. And so, you know, what type of partner relationship am I ready for Again, puts the ownership on you. Owning things is good. Um, and then all of this, all of this part, all this stuff about you being ready, making sure you're ready for the, for the right person and being the right person, it all needs to come with a healthy dose of patience. Ah, oh, the most annoying <laughs> word on the planet when it comes to finding love is patience. Yeah. I'll always say like, look, the key to finding love is taking massive action in your love life, really leaning into the little love steps every single week, making steps, making progress, getting out there, meeting lots and lots of people. We are pedal to the metal baby with that type of stuff while at the same time being incredibly patient. It's just like, that's, that's the key to success. I think in anything in life, nothing. And I mean, nothing that's actually worthwhile happens overnight. I see these coaches out there who are like, oh, we're going to help you find love of your life within two weeks. BS. If you, <laughs> did, if you found the love of your life in two weeks, like 
cons- if they really consistently were able to do that, I am I will guarantee. I bet my house, my whole life, those relationships won't last longer than six months. Consistency, right. because you, how could you know anything in two weeks? It's it's maddening. Right. It just it requires time, <laughs> requires energy, and this is true for anything in your health, your profession, everything that's important in life. True relationships they require time and energy before you really start receiving the fruit of that labor. And so just keep that in mind when you're going through all this stuff and you're trying to find that, that perfect person, be patient. And honestly, I found the only way to actually be patient is that you got to enjoy the process a little bit. Like you won't stick with it if you don't enjoy the process. So hopefully a lot of this just gives you that new framework to think about as you're getting out there and finding this person. And the goal of this is really to empower you throughout this process. For you to not feel like you're a victim by all of the circumstances out there, by COVID, by, uh, dare I say that the C word, uh, it's going to get flagged on YouTube, but whatever it is, by everything going on out there, by men, the 21st century dating scene, instead, you can be like, look, I got this. I got to work on these areas of my life. I got to think about my mindset and I got to be the person. How do we say it? The per- be, be the right person to find the, the right person. Be the right person to find the right person. Amen. Yeah, I mean, we say patience for last because it, it it is the one that people don't want to hear because so many of you watching this are successful type A go-getters. And so you want to like, like, oh, self-concept clarity? I'm going to get that. I'm going to bang that out over the weekend. I want to be clear with myself by Monday. I'm ready to go. And it's like, that sounds great. I mean, that's if, if that was possible, that'd be ideal. But it's like some of these things just, you know, like the 36 question thing I was talking about, like you can't do it in a day. Like it, it's just not going to be as effective, right? And so- you know, when we talk about the little love steps, we very purposely like extend those out over nine weeks, right? It's like, yeah. because you need a little bit of time to to like let it soak in and really let the changes kind of take place. And it's, you just can't rush some things. And so patience is one of those things that it really, in this case, is it's a virtue. And it, it's just something you have to do because, you know, like Adam said, the, these two week promises, the whole point of, of I think what anybody should be doing in relationships, it's not to help you find a relationship, which sounds weird. It's, it's because any really, you can find any relationship quick. Like we can help you find a relationship in two days. Yeah. It's about finding the right relationship, like that long-term meaningful, fulfilling, committed relationship with the right person who's your best friend and like your life companion, like that's a different process. And that's not a two week quick process. It's, it's intentional, it's methodical. It's about knowing yourself and, and being the right person to find the right person and stop worrying about what you're looking for and start thinking about what you're being, what you're actually ready for. Amen. So with all this, it's all about just follow your heart, but take a little strategy with you. Thank you, Gary. That was really fun. And uh, hopefully these ladies got a lot from this and we will to speak to you all next week and continue with these strategies. Thanks, Adam. All right, so now you've reached the end of the show. Please make sure you follow and subscribe to the Love Strategies podcast wherever it is that you're listening so that you never feel alone again on your journey to love. As always, if you want to unlock all of our love strategies and begin your love life transformation, head on over to lovestrategies.com to get started. Stay beautiful and uh, speak to you next week.